This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Thursday, October 29th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Daly. Here's today's headlines. U.S. reportedly blocks WTO candidate. Herb stands out in pesticide report. And biofuels industry demands disclosure. U.S. opposing Nigerian candidate to lead WTO. The Trump administration is continuing its battle to shape the future of the World Trade Organization. The WTO was preparing to appoint former Nigerian finance minister Ngozi Okanjoela to be the next director general of the World Trade Organization, but the U.S. is objecting and backing South Korean trade minister U.M. Younghee, according to press reports in the Wall Street Journal and elsewhere. The WTO is badly in need of major reform. It must be led by someone with real hands-on experience in the field. U.S. Trade Representative Robert Lighthizer said yesterday at announcing the support for you. The U.S.-South Korean relationship has strengthened in recent years as beef trade has risen and the two countries penned a deal to allow the U.S. to sell more rice to Korean buyers. Testing finds excess pesticides in basil. USDA is out with its annual report on pesticide residues in food, and the data shows that nearly 99% of the fruits and vegetables and other foods tested in 2019 were below the EPA's legal limits. Some 42.5% of the foods tested had no detectable residue. That according to USDA's latest pesticide data management report. 87% of the food uh, tested was fruits and vegetables. Residues exceeding EPA tolerances were detected in 125 samples, mostly basal, out of 10,000 tested. That's a slight increase from 2018 when 82 samples exceeded EPA tolerances, less than 1% of the total. The 125 samples with excess residues included 93 of basil out of 343 tested, as well as frozen strawberries, mustard greens, frozen spinach, and collard greens. Keep in mind, a different assortment of foods are tested each year. EPA uses the data to conduct dietary risk assessments and to ensure that any pesticide residues remain at safe levels, according to USDA's Agriculture Marketing Service. NCBA passes on cattle industry discussion. Several beef industry organizations were on hand for an event at a sale barn in Okeechobee, Florida yesterday. But the sector's largest group, the National Cattlemen's Beef Association, notably stayed away. Three groups, the U.S. Cattlemen's Association, Organization for Competitive Markets, and RCAF USA, all spoke about reforms needed in the beef industry, including pushing for the return of country of origin labeling and tweaks to the structure of cattle markets. NCBA President Marty Smith said NCBA, quote, will not participate in events with organizations litigating against NCBA or the beef checkoff. RCAF was at the heart of the case over use of Montana beef checkoff funds promoting North American beef, which led to changes given USDA more control over any speech state checkoff might produce. OCM has also been involved in court fights seeking reforms and transparency measures for the beef checkoff. Group says plenty of Chinese interest in U.S. rice. 
The USA Rice Federation held a webinar this week for potential clients in China, and the group says it looks like there's a lot of interest in doing business. I was impressed with the number of participants, the breadth of information provided, and the quality of the questions posed, said Chris Crutchfield, chairman of the USA Rice Asia Turkey Promotion Subcommittee. One Chinese importer sent an optimistic text message during the webinar. Thanks to our friends in the USA side to give us such useful information. Hope we can enjoy the U.S. rice in the Chinese market soon. The first ever commercial shipment of U.S. rice arrived in China this week, and the U.S. farmers are hopeful that it will be just one of many. U.S. farm groups see big potential in Africa. U.S. Soybean Export Council and U.S. Grains Council are expecting big market opportunities in Africa. USEC says the groups will be delving into the potential of Africa as well as the challenges for growth in a two-day virtual event on November 9th and 10th. Africa is essentially the world's last frontier market, says Kevin Repke, USEC Regional Director for South Asia and Sub-Sahara Africa. You don't get a second chance to a first impression, and this event will enable companies to express their commitment to the region, which will position them for success for decades to come. Biofuel Groups. Release the names. Two biofuel groups are asking a federal court to force EPA to disclose the names of the companies requesting small refinery exemptions and the facility locations. Fundamentally, this request is about fairness and transparency in government, said leaders of the Renewable Fuels Association and Growth Energy. If an agency decides to relieve a refinery from the obligations Congress imposed under the Clean Air Act or any federal law, it should be done in the public view. By the way, a Colorado man has received a 15-month sentence for his role in a biodiesel tax credit fraud scheme, the Justice Department has said. From 2010 to 2013, Calvin Glover and his colleagues at a company called Shentan Incorporated filed false claims for millions of dollars in tax credit, according to the DOJ. Animal drug maker hit with DOJ suit. The federal government is seeking to stop a California manufacturer of animal drugs from selling products that were made under unsafe conditions. The Justice Department has filed suit to get a permanent injunction against the company MedPharmex, Inc. The company's products include various products for cattle and poultry. The complaint notes that the FDA issued a warning letter to the company in 2017 and the company failed to adequately investigate reports of animal deaths or illnesses treated with its drugs. Here's today's She Said It. I, as moderator, will not have a special mute button. I'm expecting that our panelists will be on their best behavior. That Darcy Vetter, former chief ag negotiator for USTR during the Obama administration, she was moderating a webinar yesterday titled Presidential Debate with Trade Reporters that was hosted by the Washington International Trade Association to discuss expectations for the next four years under either a second Trump term or a Biden first term. 
During the discussion, New York Times reporter Anna Swanson speculated that a Biden administration would not have a vigorous trade agenda for at least the first year, while it concentrated on bigger existential issues such as the pandemic and climate change. Well, that's Daybreak for this Thursday, October 29th. Brought to you by Watkinson Miller and Dairy Management Incorporated. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit Agripulse.com. For Agripulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Alley.